this morning and I'm excited to do it. It's, it's a fun letter and it's pretty short. We're, we're going fairly quickly but we'll take about a paragraph at a time. It's what we do when we walk through the entire letter. And so if you want to turn there in your Bibles, we'll, we'll following along is always good. We'll put the text on the screen. And Usually the problem that we have as Christians, I think, most of us when we come to church, if you come to a church in America normally, you have some inkling of who Jesus is. You would even say you believe in Jesus. But most of us struggle with two things a matter of perspective and emphasis. Perspective means actually seeing things as they're meant to be seen, not out of order, not not something too big that should be small, not something too small that should be big. And emphasis is understanding what the Bible actually emphasizes, what it's actually wanting you to know. And I know me growing up, it's such a a thing where I, I held the Bible very highly, as we all do. But what I tended to do is take little tiny pieces and make them try to be rules or application for me to do. And that's not terrible, except it misses two important things. The things I just told you. Perspective and emphasis. So my heart for us this morning, as we begin to, to really understand Paul's writing in, in Colossians and the Holy Spirit's emphasis as it's inspired, is this perspective and the emphasis. And, and I've called it enough. Now, if I just give you that word, I did this so that I could talk about perspective and emphasis. What does enough mean? And for many of us, it said, hey, enough. What does it mean? It means stop. Enough already. Enough. Or to other people, it means, well, we have enough. It means I I just have barely enough to get by. And that's not what I mean at all. Enough means Jesus is everything. He is enough for you and me. And, and the workings out of that is what I think Paul wants us to see as we're in Colossians today. We're going to pick it up, and, and uh, we had a little uh, trail you could see and try and figure out what we were teaching on this morning. But it's Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. If you want to turn to verse 15, we're going to start with Jesus is enough. Some people take this, especially verses 15 to 20, as an actual little hymn because it's so profound and so deep. And I want to share it with you. It talks about who Jesus is. So here in verse 15, Jesus Christ is, he is, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. So as we start this morning, and you just feel that, we're coming off of this prayer that Paul had for them, that they would understand the gospel and the depth of it, and they would know, be so filled with the knowledge of the will of God, which is his redemption of us, and his transferring us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his son, and then he breaks into this. Jesus is enough as an understatement if we really start to just feel Who is this Jesus? Well, Paul says, consider Jesus in light of creation. Consider Jesus in light of of what you know about everything that's made. 
He's the very image, he starts right there in 15, right, of the invisible God. That's an icon. He's a, he, 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 when you see Jesus, you see God. And we know this from other places in Scripture too, right, where it says that, that Jesus is the exact representation of God, that, that when you see Jesus, you're, you're the only time you'll ever see. No one has ever seen God at, in any time, says the Bible. But when you see Jesus, you've seen God. God himself. He doesn't just give us that statement. He says he's the firstborn of all creation. That doesn't mean he was created first, like Jesus was created as the son, and then some, no, 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 that's not what that firstborn means. It means he holds first place. He's above everything else. He has all the things that the firstborn would get, all the inheritance, all the stuff. He's the top. And then, and then he keeps going, right? He says, by him all things were created. I, it's hard to pull our heart. I can't, you can't dictate some of these things, but think about it. Everything. Everything you see. Mount Baker's beautiful in the spring with the amazing ponds and the mountain meadows. And then God, God made that. No, Jesus, through Jesus that was made. That's what it says, right? By him, all things were created. Everything you can see with your eye, everything you can see with a microscope, everything you can see with a telescope, everything you can't see, he says, visible things and invisible things, powers, angels, right? Powers, authorities, the, uh, things that we just have descriptions of, but we can never actually see even the, the visible world, the invisible world, all made by Jesus. Not just created through him, right? All things, it says there in verse 16, were created through him and for him. Everything you see is created for an audience of one. For Jesus, he made it for his own use. For him. For what he wants to do. And do you start to get a feeling for the importance of Jesus for creation, for the importance of Jesus, and we're a created thing, you and I. So everything about us, everything, is, is through Jesus and for Jesus. It just is. It, it's not something, well, you've got to make Jesus this way. You've got to somehow affirm Jesus this way. No, no, this is just reality, says Paul. Here's reality. Jesus made everything. And everything is for When I was in high school in Hawaii, I boarded for a bit and away from family. And sometimes at nighttime, I, I, you know, the, the dusk was coming and it was Hawaii. I mean, it's beautiful. So I'd walk down below the track and there were these 60-foot trees, probably 20 of them. They were huge. And I'd just sit there and I'd, I'd listen to the wind ripping through these trees. Our high school mascot name is the Kamakanes. It means wind children because there's so much wind, more than we get here. And I would look up at these trees as they're blowing. And then above it, the stars would start to come out. And you just go, this is so amazingly beautiful. Do you ever get struck like that? You ever struck where it still stays with me after all this time? I'm no longer a spring chicken. I'm getting older and I start to see. But I remember those moments where you, you get struck by the beauty of everything. And you go, this is just the most remarkable thing. And, and, and God makes those things. 
the baby that's delivered, a new life, the first breath. Jesus, he, he makes those things. They're, they're through him and for him. Anatomy in medical school, I got to cut bodies open and I won't get, you won't get detailed. Don't worry. I won't talk about blood, but blood is amazing. And, and, and you get muscles and nerves and connections and you start to see the depth and the wonder of what, what the complexity of what God has made. And you just step back and go, the Bible claims this is all through Jesus and for Jesus. You don't have to be an anatomy student to get this. In fact, it's not too hard. You just use your eyes. You know, I was kind of petting our puppy. I still call her a puppy. She's a year old, but I was petting our puppy and just uh, the amazement of a dog. I mean, she's got these floppy ears that cover, the floppy things cover her ears so nothing gets in. And, and, and just the way that she could move and lunge and go and that's just amazing. God made that. Dogs are cool. Not so sure about cats. No, but they all are, right? They, they, there's these things that God makes and you start to see and, 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 and then you get this in verse 17. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. I just, we can talk about this stuff, but it's super hard to actually understand how amazingly deep it is. So I want to try something. We don't normally do this at church on Sunday, but I want you to settle in for about a three-minute video. I want you to just think about the vastness and the, the particularness of what Jesus has made. So um, uh, turn the lights off, will you guys? Now, and I want, to, I want to look at this. We'll come back to this verse. But if this will come through... Um, Take your time, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit through it. Here it goes. It's not a Christian video. But just think, okay, you're looking at this person, and you start to zoom out. And you start to see the world. You see the companies of the world, Google and Microsoft and Facebook. You see the continents of the world as it starts to go out. You see this, this place that we live in, you can't even think about seeing us now. And it's bigger. And you think, I get it, Dax, there's the solar system. I get it, it's big. Okay, can we, can we stop now? And you can't stop because it's not, it's not even getting started. how vast this creation is. There's our sun. And it's just one of billions, right, Carl Sagan? I don't know, whatever. It's huge. And so galaxies. And, and billions of those. Jesus made this. And you say, okay, well, I, I get it. It's, the scope is really huge. You can watch it go back down and zoom.
think about who made this. And so that that God, Jesus, he, he made you and me. But then don't just think about the outside. You keep going. It's not some big, massive picture. It, it's, it's the tiniest of things. DNA, you can only see it under a microscope. Electron microscopes, you get so tiny. So that's the thing, to try and evoke in us this, this picture of how broad and how wide and how deep is the creative power of Christ. That our God made you, and he made you not just in some like, oh yes, from some distant galaxy far, far away, but actually inside and in all the complexities of us, from the smallest little piece to the most massive supernova, that, that, that this is the power and wonder of Jesus. He is before all things. So the Christ is before all this. He's above all of it. He's, he, he's the one. He's, he reigns supreme and not just reigning, but in power and doing and, and holding things together, the Bible says. And when he's saying holding things together, he means physical things. He means the stuff of earth. He means the, the breaths that we take. And I hear you say, Dax, you're getting so metaphysical. No, I'm actually just talking about this presentation of who Jesus is and, and, and you're supposed to be blown away. That's what I think. Paul is comprehensive and overwhelming in his presentation of Jesus and his importance to the functioning of creation. It's very clear and we can, the neat thing is, is we, somebody who doesn't even know Jesus made that video. We can do stuff like that. You can get just amazed at the wonder of what the world is. And we who are believers and walk into this, this letter, we're already reading it, as people who believe in Jesus, we go, oh yeah, Jesus is awesome. Are you with me? He's awesome. I understand that. I understand how amazing it is. I understand that Jesus makes it all and holds it all together in some way. I don't totally understand it. Of course, it's a mystery. But, but at the same time, I'm, I'm like, yes. When I see Mount Baker, and I hope you do too, and it's beautiful in the morning sun or in the evening sunset, and you go, praise God, he makes beautiful things. I do that. That's the kind of thing Paul is evoking in us. And when he does, he's doing it with a purpose. Here's the thing. It's not just that we might all together, and we should all together go, Jesus holds all things together, we worship him, he's made the earth, every tiniest molecule to every grandest mountain, look at what our God has done, and, 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 and there it is. He's doing it for a purpose, because now that you feel that, if you feel that with me, because I feel it, I'm feeling it, Jesus is awesome, now 
He wants you to make a parallel. That's what he's doing. Because he doesn't stop. He makes this statement. And he is the head of the body. The church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in everything he might be preeminent. Okay, now usually when we're reading this section, we kind of skip over that. So yeah, Jesus is the first one. I got that already. He's above everything and he made everything and everything's made through him. Cool, let's go to the next piece. No, 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 stop. It's a repetitive use of firstborn. It's the same word that he started with to say he's the firstborn over all creation and he made all things, but he's not talking about that now. Now he's talking about something else. He's the head of what? The church. Perspective. Jesus and all the depth and all the wonder and all the creative things, and we looked at the galaxies and you zoom into the tiniest nucleus and the protons and the neutrons and whatever, and, and, and you say, oh, that is so amazing and so huge, then why is it such a big deal? Jesus is the head of the church. That seems like a throwaway. Yeah, 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 Dax, of course he's, he's made the church. He made everything. He's the firstborn of the dead. What does he say? I think you're supposed to see this today. I think as much as we can to get into the wonder and the amazement of all that Jesus has created because we can see it with our eyes and touch it, that then you've got to use something else called faith to realize Paul is making a connection to a new creation. Not to the old creation of the world, but to the new creation of the resurrection, right? He's the firstborn from the dead. Who else is with him? The church. It is as amazing, it is as incredibly crazy cool, it is as deep and wonderful and, and mind-boggling as it is that Jesus holds together atoms and molecules and holds together you and holds together stars and makes supernovas and does things like that. There's also that he did this over here. And it's as amazing, you guys, it's as amazing. The firstborn from the dead, who, who's... It's, and he, he, he doesn't use the same language again, but, but I think you could... For you to make the parallel connection. If Jesus being the firstborn of creation means that everything is by him and through him and for him and he's holding everything together, then Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. means that the resurrection life, the future, the, the, the new life that you have is also by him and through him and what? For him. Right? That's what it means that he puts it both together, these two amazing things, and says that in everything he might be preeminent. Preeminent is a funny word. It doesn't mean sovereign exactly. It means emphasized to the nth degree. Here's the thing, the perspective and the emphasis. You cannot overemphasize Jesus. He's that amazing. He's that important. He's that peace. He's the only one needed and he's doing what he's done for all creation to make it work, to sustain it, to rule it. He's not make, needing you to say, make it so. He just is. 
That points to a certain question, you know. If he is the firstborn over creation, given that he's that, given that it means the same thing for the resurrection, him being the firstborn from the dead, our resurrected, preeminent Jesus, what does that actually mean for you and me? How we're going to live this life on earth that Jesus is sustaining. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Jesus, and he not only is enough, he does enough. Let's look. Verse 19. For in him, it says, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. It's difficult for us to even understand what the fullness of God is. But Paul just lays it out there. He's the fullness of God. In him, all the fullness of God is pleased to dwell. This is where fullness is, you see. This is where God is. This is where the fullness of him, the, 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 the absolute completeness of him, the, the wonder of him, this is where he is. It's in Christ. Everything's for him. Uh, which is interesting because that implies that all the fullness is not in creation. Jesus holds it all together, but everything is in him. Paul's using this depth and wonder of creation as a way to help us see that, that even, even more, all of the reconciling, all of the things happening, it's not in us. The really amazing center of your mind life, it's not in the cell, the little unit that processes things for us. It's not in family units. It's not in other things. It's in Christ. Everything, all invisible powers you can't see, created things you can't see, everything, everywhere. If they're going to be in the right relationship with God, it'll be through and in Jesus. And specifically right here, isn't it, isn't it right? What he did on the cross. This is why we teach this gospel unceasingly, that it's about the cross. It's about the blood of Christ. It's about what he did. It's about him. So, so that's it. This is the work that's equivalent to the creative work is the work of reconciliation. Now, reconciliation to me gets kind of a bad rap, and it does because it just sounds like such, such a simple thing, like, like what I do with my two little girls when they're fighting. And she said this, and he, she said that, and they're at each other. Stop. Stop, I would say. Be reconciled. So you go say sorry to you, and you go say sorry. Give yourselves a hug, and they do. I make them. <laughs> You will hug your sister. Look, reconciliation. That's not this. That's not, oh, we had a little fight with God, and now we're going to go, go, you know, make up and give a hug. This is the depth of what creation has done that totally separates it from God. And God, in his just and only way that he is, he is this way. He is holy. He is right. He is true. And, and, and we are not. We're totally out there lost. Every, everyone. And Jesus, and the blood of his cross, and the, 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 the suffering that he did for you and me, and then the blood that he shed for you and me, and, and, and he did it. That is what brings you into peace. Peace isn't just like, you know, cessation of fighting. Peace is right relationship. Peace is, is, is actually everything's well with us and God. That is an act that's on the same par as creating all the universes that have ever been made. That's what Paul's saying. 
Look, the firstborn from the dead, just like he's the firstborn of creation. He is the one. That's reconciliation. Never, never will we get the depth of this, like Jesus making everything seen and unseen. We do pictures, but, but you can't really get it. It's mysterious. It's life through the death of God. And then he keeps going. He says, and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. Oh, now we come in. There's us. Happy us. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Okay, so we're there and there we are. We once were alienated. That means separated. That means excommunicated. That means far away from God. We're not in his picture. And and, and says now we enter his picture, you and me. We were totally other. We were close, we were distant, we were hostile in mind. It means we were against God, all of us, even though we think we weren't, we were. Doing evil deeds, yeah, against God. That's the description of us. And so the wonder working of Christ is he's now reconciled us, and, and, and that's it's not you and I reconciling, that's us and God. In his body of flesh, that means him alone, not in our flesh. In his, by his death, he died for us. Our acts of contrition, our fleshly work, whatever we're doing, that that doesn't reconcile us. It's what Jesus has done. And what did it do for us? It's right there and it's incredible. It's what Jesus has done. It's the creative power of Jesus. It's the actual strength of what Christ has done. What is it? To present us what? Holy, blameless, and above reproach before him. Super important what's being said here. He didn't create a possibility for you to be holy if you work on it, or to be blameless if you keep blameless, or above reproach because of your good behavior. That's the opposite of what's being said here. He did not reconcile by telling you to shape up. Jesus' reconciliation is by the blood of his cross, by his death. His death makes you holy and blameless and above reproach. This is one of the key ignored truths in our society, and even among Christians, if you bring it in, you can say you're holy. How can I say I'm holy? Because of the creative power of Jesus Christ. That's what he did on the cross. Well, but you're not holy. You need to get better. No, 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 you don't understand. It's not about my behavior. Oh, my behavior does need to improve, and I'm working on it. But that's not my essential holiness, is it? My holiness and my blamelessness and my above reproachness is because of the cross. That's what cleanses my conscience. That's what says to me, Dax, you're forgiven. You're forgiven means that actually you're clothed in white before God. This reconciliation that happens between you and God where you can come into his presence and be there is only because of what Jesus has done. Nothing about what you've done can't be. That. That's what he's presenting. This is the very base image that he goes after. This is a gift on the level of life itself. It's that deep. It's that amazing. There's a condition. It's right here in the text. I haven't shown it to you yet. But here it is. If. There's an if in our text. We're not universalists. Jesus did this amazing reconciling work. He did this incredible work where he did it for you. It's this huge gift for you. But there's an if. 
What's the if, Dax? If you indeed continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. You see what he's saying? He's saying, yeah, there, there is this condition, you know, is that it's a gift. You actually have to receive it. What's receiving it? Trusting it. That's the word, that's what faith means, right? Faith means believing it, trusting it. It's not, it's not trust and obey, like somehow you got to do two parts and God, this obey piece. No, because it's just not there. It, you could say trust and then you may do some obe- obeying, or you may say that trust is the obeying. Here, I would say probably the latter. The obedience God wants is to trust that Jesus did this because mostly we kind of act like he didn't. We go around acting like, oh, Jesus might make me holy. He might make me blameless. Maybe if I'm good enough, he'll reconcile me. That would be shifting. Paul said, hey, what you need is not to shift from the hope of the gospel that you heard. That's trusting him, stable and steadfast. That's not keeping the law. That's not in agreeing to partner with him in your improvement. That's not in your growth and personal holiness, though you may grow in your holy behavior. Right? Not shifting from what? The hope of the gospel, the good news, that you heard. Not shifting one inch from your only hope being in the work of this Jesus. Faith, you see, trust. If you trust this Jesus, you're trusting in the one who made the universe and holds it together. That person you're trusting also is going to resurrect you, has reconciled you, has put you into his family. This is the whole life that we have is trusting, trusting that. It matters not if you don't feel it. You don't feel holy and blameless and above reproach. It matters not that your behavior isn't right this minute, holy, blameless, and above reproach. It matters not that you yourself are not what the law says you should be. I want to do a little quote here before we end. P.T. Forsyth, he was a um, Scottish theologian in the 1800s. He wrote this, What Christ always demanded of those who came to him was not character, was not achievement, but faith, trust, faith in himself as God's grace. It was trust, not trust in his manner, but in his message, in his gospel. Whatever lays the first stress on behavior or achievement, on orthodoxy, theological, moral, or social, on conformity to a church, a moral type, or a code of conduct, on mere sinlessness, propriety, piety, or sanctity of an unearthly type, that is a departure from the gospel idea of perfection, which is completeness of trust and the definite self-assignment of faith amid much imperfection. What is he saying? It's kind of Scottish phraseology. He's saying trust is where it's at. Everything we have, we have by trusting this Jesus. What he's done. That, that That's it. This structure and the 
poem of 15 to, to, to 20 there. It's overpowering. It brings things into focus like perspective, like the wonder of our God who, who you could imagine above all the universes, looking out at these billions of galaxies, and he's looking at down and, and, and the little tiny dot that is earth, and, but he's able by his power to look even further to the person, to you particularly, and then into you and, and your DNA, and smaller down to the smallest thing. Our God does all of it, and he so powerful and that power is being applied by that same God who did all those things to your redemption that's what it takes it takes that kind of power this is radical and but it's over and over this 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 concept of I put in your, in your, we read it, Hebrews 3. It says, now Moses was faithful in God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were, I think I put it even up here, testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house, if indeed what? We hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. What's our hope? Jesus did it. We've got such a high priest. Radical. Connecting the creative power of Christ, Paul has done, active right now as we're living, to the reconciling power of Christ, which is our only hope for future dwelling with God. They are in the same place. That's why we stand against those who want to force themselves back into the picture, who want to, to make gauges and markers for how they're doing. They're taking away that Jesus actually did do it. Christ who holds the world together does not require your help to do so. Christ who reconciles does not need your help to do so. The reconciling requires you to be above reproach, so Jesus is above reproach for you. It requires you to be holy, so Jesus is holy for you. It requires you to be blameless, and the only blamelessness you have is in Christ. He does that, you know, we know, by taking our sin, by giving us his goodness, by taking our place in the domain of death, by giving you his place in the domain of life. But you know what? Death couldn't hold him, so he's in life too. Paul's concern, and it's my concern for you and I this morning, is that you and I would never shift from this emphasis, from this perspective. This it's not shifting, it's similar to his call to strive to hold on to the faith. His call to run the race, hold on to your faith to the end. Don't you ever think this is not what it is. So it says it here, stable and steadfast in trust, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. The hope of the gospel is a statement of what Christ has done. The hope when you turn from your law keeping and self-salvation and you turn to your Savior. I remind you again, this is our hope. Oh, we need it still. Everything we have depends on this. Your understanding of who Jesus is and your understanding of what he has done. May we follow the Bible. May we see that perspective. May we hold to that emphasis. May we put all our trust in Christ. I call you to it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this text this morning, this amazing hymn of creative power by your son Jesus. Lord, it's awesome. Father, I pray you might help us, we who are gathered, to have the same awesome wonder 